Time to abandon ship. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jar Jar, homie, my main man. Quickly, before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey, this is escape. Then where the pod? Get the Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. You want some soup? Don't you agree? Another happy landing. All right, welcome back, everybody, to uh, Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh, and uh, we have Blake and Reed back with us for another chat about uh, this week's, uh, or this past Friday's Mandalorian episode. How's it going, you guys? Hey, man. Hello, brother. Doing pretty good. Glad to be here. Let's uh, get into this new exciting episode. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We got a lot of talk- stuff to talk about. And, uh, uh, Reed, you mentioned that uh, you were looking forward to this one because, um, of course, you, you've been, uh, you've been, uh, uh, you've been watching Clone Wars now, right? Yeah, I still have to watch uh, the like chronologically the the movie or whatever. Uh, oh, okay. The, so you've like kind of like just started doing the whole. Yeah, the I whole just show. started watching the two episodes, and I haven't had a chance to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Watch yeah. the other right. yet. Two gotcha. episodes. You got a ways to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got a got a bit of a ways there. Um, Another four hundred, uh, you'll be there. Yeah. So so, you, so far, so good. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, all right. Well. So you're. You know. You've started the journey. Uh, whereas. Uh, you know. A lot of. A lot of people haven't actually seen the show. Um, and you know that that's definitely apparent to me and stuff. So we're gonna do the best we can to try and, I guess, fill in the gaps for uh, for anybody out there. So Reed, you represent anybody <laughs> out there who has not currently seen any of the yeah. animated show. So if you got a question, oh, throw yeah. it out there because. I've got uh, it. Yeah, because right. it's it might actually just go over my head to not acknowledge something. So, so I um, think I think just to start out, then like I kind of just want, if you can, like you guys to fill in like the time frame for me. So we yeah. talked about Ahsoka Tano before, and how she like kind of becomes the uh, uh, the like the focus of the Clone Wars series and stuff like that, or like she kind of ends up being the main character. I think you've mentioned. Um, so we obviously, sh- so yeah, where has she been? Like, that's kind of my first question is... Yeah, yeah, yeah so uh, after she becomes Anakin's Padawan, you know, she has a whole thing through the Clone Wars, and then by the end of the Clone Wars, she actually leaves the Jedi Order and uh, and decides to pursue kind of a career on her own, trying to figure herself out. And uh, she realizes she can just... She can help people uh, with, the, with her abilities and uh, with the Force, right? And uh, in a final act, at the end of the Clone Wars, she comes back to help the Jedi kind of take back Mandalore. And that's where she kind of meets Bo-Katan and, uh, and stuff in, 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 that whole, in that whole finale. And uh, she helps the, the Jedi Order arrest Maul and everything. Of course, that all doesn't work out. Maul gets away. And, uh, and Ahsoka survives in the Jedi Purge and uh, manages to make her way, you know, off, off elsewhere. 
And then years later, she pops up in Star Wars Rebels. There, oh, by the way, there's a book called Ahsoka, which takes place after episode three, and it's it's definitely worth reading. Um, and uh, and then and then in Star Wars Rebels, she pops up. She's been operating under the code name Fulcrum, and uh, she's been basically a rebel informant for General Syndulla, or sorry, uh, Captain Syndulla and uh, the crew of the Ghost, which is the main cast of, of Star Wars Rebels. So she pops up here and there in that show. And then she eventually decides throughout season two to, I guess, stick with uh, with her new friends. And she helps a Jedi in that show, Kanan Jarrus, an old Padawan from who also survived the Purge. Uh, he's t- taken on an apprentice called Ezra Bridger, like a kid, and he's been training him. And so she's kind of acting as like a, a mentor to Kanan and Ezra, but she also kind of refrains from teaching him the ways of the Jedi because she self-proclaims not to be a Jedi anymore. So, uh, so there's that, there's that whole thing. And then anyway, at the end of season two or whatever it is, she actually fights, uh, Darth Vader and stuff. There's a whole big spiel at the very end of season two, which is amazing. And, uh, with, it involves Maul and, the Inquisitors and Darth Vader and, you know, Kanan and Ezra and Ahsoka and like all these people. And uh, Ahsoka ends up fighting Vader. And it's that that's the moment where it's kind of confirmed to her that that uh, Vader is Anakin Skywalker. And so in a last attempt to save kind of Ezra and Kanan's life, she actually pushes them out of the way. And there's like this temple that they're in, which is closing and all that stuff. And Anyway, uh, she's she's in the middle of the fight, and it looks as if her and Vader are actually going to die or whatever, because this whole thing's about to blow. And uh, and then season two kind of ends, and we assume that she she dies. But there's a little glimpse of her kind of walking down this 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 hallway, uh, and that uh, it's like she may or may not be alive, sort of thing. Years later, I think it's like two years later worth of time. Uh, she ends up, we end up kind of discovering that Ezra finds a way into this, this place called the world between worlds, which he actually reaches into a portal and grabs her in that moment and pulls her into this, this world between worlds. So she actually escapes this death. And then she, she and Ezra have a bit of a word in there and, and realize this place is kind of like what connects everything together without outside of time and whatever, what whatnot. And then, uh, and then she ends up finding a portal back to her time, which she goes back there, goes back into the cave or whatever. And so she does live, does survive her fight with Vader with all that knowledge and goes on this like spiritual journey in this, in this cave of, of, of whatever. And, uh, and then all of a sudden she pops up at the very end of Rebels, which has a flash forward scene, which is, mind you, according to Dave Filoni, not confirmed to be four or five, whatever amount of years after, after that show. Uh, he alludes to the fact more recently, he's, and I'll get into this later. Uh, he's alluded to the fact that, uh, that that scene at the very end of season four, Star Wars Rebels doesn't necessarily have like a time frame as to when it takes place just yet. So it's very likely that this appearance of Ahsoka in the Mandalorian takes place before that. Um, but she does pop up at the end of Rebels and and she she and Sabine go off looking for Ezra together because uh, because at the very end of the show, uh, Ezra and Grand Admiral Thrawn go missing together, which, uh, you know, they both launch into into hyperspace. And there's a whole there's a whole thing around the fact that Ezra and, and Thrawn are fighting each other. And and then, you know, they go into hyperspace together and and uh, nobody's kind of seen or heard from them, which explains uh, their disappearance from the original trilogy, the whole spiritual journey thing in the cave, 
and and to where Ahsoka's been, that that's still kind of untold. But that explains why she is not around in those films either. So uh, so now all of a sudden all these characters are popping back into the live action kind of narrative, and uh, now we have name drops like Thrawn, and now we've got Ahsoka back in live action. Now now is it likely that we'll, maybe we'll get an Ezra in live action? Like you know, it's very possible at this point for sure. So that's that's about the most recap that I can do as far as quickly summarizing, you know, what happens with Ahsoka and her journey and all that. But, you know, you got the full story. You just got to watch the Clone Wars and and Star Wars Rebels. But uh, it is worth noting that there was a question recently posed by some reporter out there asking if this appearance of Ahsoka takes place uh, before or after her appearance in that flash forward scene in the end of Star Wars Rebels. So uh, this is how Dave responds. And he says, uh, that's not necessarily chronological. I think the thing that, actually, I'll do this in the Dave voice. <laughs> no, that, that's not necessarily chronological. I, I think the thing that people most not understand is what they get, get into a linear fashion. But as I learned as a kid, nothing at Star Wars really works in a linear fashion. You, you do episode four, five, six, and then one, two, three. Uh, so in the vein of that history, when you look at the epilogue of Rebels, you don't really know how much time has passed. So it's possible that the story I'm telling in The Mandalorian actually takes place prior to that. Possible. I'm saying it's possible. So anyway, so that, that's it. Wow. That's uh, pretty accurate. I, I, I feel honored. We just had Dave Filoni himself Dave Filoni. in the room. Dude, dude he's us on the in. show. We should make this, you should make this a segment on your podcast, like Dave, just a Dave Filoni segment where it's like... Oh, man. Dave, Dave answers like, questions. Dave like yeah. ca- calls in and like yeah. complains about the show. Hey, guys. You know... <laughs> Well, well, I mean, we don't have we have more than just Dave Filoni on the show right now. I've got the I've got the ch- Grogu himself uh, sitting next to me on my desk. So I mean, that's that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, a couple uh, of the, the yeah, life a size, yep, the the life size <laughs> sideshow replica, uh, the child, and uh, yeah, he's he's staring right at me, man. I have expect this thing to blink, you know. <laughs> but man, uh, the, the details insane. That's some quality product placement. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah it's 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 amazing so um yeah i don't know i'm quite happy with it but uh anyway gotta say it cool. i gotta say it he's on the show too he just can't hear him you know um but uh yeah so anyway the uh that's that's kind of filling you in very basically on on kind of ahsoka's journey a little bit um does that help at all uh yeah a little bit like so like i guess then my second question is too because we get a big name drop uh, right. near the end for Admiral Thrawn who we have talked about before so I guess it's a little more mysterious but is there anything for you that you can fill in there because like I have like yeah oh yeah you're missing a lot of pieces yeah yeah so, <laughs> well, I, guess, uh, so I guess my first question Thrawn has a very deep history yeah, yeah so he, first, he does before we dive into Thrawn I want to ask though is so this lady what's her name in this episode Oh, the magistrate the, person? Yeah, the magistrate person. Oh man, uh, actually, I didn't write that down. I can't even remember honestly. Yeah, but, uh, but it like, doesn't. It doesn't actually really so matter she, that much because uh, what Ahsoka was talking about with Din Djarin, um, she was she alluded to some back history with the Clone Wars and this woman. That never shows up in the show. No. Um, that's just kind of her saying this happened in that time frame. But in the animated show, you'll never see that character pop up. 
This is a new character. Okay. This is the first time yeah. we've seen her. All right. Yeah. But is yeah. she? Do we know if she's like Imperial Navy or something? I couldn't tell if she was just a no civilian idea. or something. Okay. No idea. I think. I think. Okay. Right. So I'll get into this in a little bit. But the fact that she said, um, "Where is your master?" You know, Grand, yeah. Grand Admiral Thrawn. Uh, it's it's worth noting that all the HK seven. Uh, eight. Sorry, the HK. 87? Yeah, there were 47. Because 47 is technically several thousand years ago in the Old Republic. I noticed that. They finally, they canonized on screen the HK series, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They kind of made them like battle droids, but traditionally they were assassin droids. Right. Right, yeah. And, um... Uh, yeah, so these are these are HK. I think they're eighty-seven assassin droids or whatever. Yeah, um, so uh, they have a tattoo on their head in this show, and uh, it, it's uh, it's been pointed out online and and it's on the Wikipedia and, and whatever else that uh, that logo is uh, is the Seventh Fleet logo, which is uh, which is Thrawn's fleet. So. It's, That's it's, pretty it's cool. I didn't notice that. I didn't notice it either until someone online pointed it out, and then when I saw it, when I watched it again, I was like, "Oh yeah, that, that, that is that." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that and the capes that some of the other ones wear are very, uh, very Seventh Fleet Imperial style, and uh, of course, that is uh, the Seventh Fleet is Thrawn's fleet, and Thrawn's fleet became Thrawn's fleet about two years before uh, the Battle of Yavin, which is Episode Four. And then uh, the fleet was defeated in the finale of Star Wars Rebels season four, which, um, you know, again, spoilers, sorry, guys. Uh, and uh, Thrawn's flagship, the Chimera, was the one that jumped to hyperspace with Thrawn and Ezra inside it. And Ezra kind of caused that to happen. So um, as, as a way of uh, Ezra is the Jedi character in, in uh, Star Wars Rebels, who uh, He's um, more or less the main character. He's like the Ahsoka of Rebels. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah, basically, yeah, and he he actually is just a street rat. He's very similar to like a Star Wars version of uh, of Aladdin. Uh, I was gonna so, say, yeah, <laughs> could sing a little bit of the song there. Yeah. Take that, <laughs> street rat. Basically, Aladdin <laughs> was uh, like teleported away with Jafar when Jafar went. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally, totally. He was uh, he was cast back into the cave of wonders. With, um, yeah, when Jafar yeah. went full genie, he's like, "All right, we're out of here." <laughs> yeah. Well, what happened was, um, okay, if I had to try to explain the creatures that were were involved, that's gonna sound stupid. But basically, they were giant space whales. And uh, they they have the ability to like fly around space with their own natural uh, oh, natural yeah. uh, hyperspace yeah, ability. They, yeah, they're it's like strange. a space creature that has hyperspace ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how. So it's it, so the idea of going into hyperspace comes from like a naturalistic um, animal thing to do, like a like an animal ability, I guess, and and which is where people originated getting hyperspace technology maybe they they harvest something from those creatures i have no idea i have no idea how it works but whatever every ship was, we see it has the brain and the heart of a whale that they scavenge from space yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I know right it, it's stupid like I, honestly like i love dave filoni i love everything he does that part was questionable as well as the the he likes doing stuff like that though because yeah uh, well, they, they, was I also... think Pablo explained that. That was just a means to get them as, as an excuse to get the um, the Inquisitors across the map in time for to make the story make sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I was going to say, though, uh, 
there's also other animals that Dave has done similar things with because like we find out later that these wolves have like force abilities, right? I can buy that a little the more. Lost I mean, I, I think like going into hyperspace, like, well, that's the thing. Like, I think I can I can buy into the fact that maybe some of these whales can get go like really fast through space or whatever. But um, I mean, they they like glow and everything, and uh, I don't know. See, don't it know. makes it's sense. Like, they glow. It, it makes sense. I don't know how like. I guess did somebody see them do that and go like, "Hey, we need to build something that does exactly that," or like you know, like I don't I don't really understand like like how the whole concept of of hyperspace came from an, an animal. I can understand that an animal can can do it. Uh, I don't understand how they they harvest that technology. Saw it yeah. and realized were able to figure out what they were doing and just saw it as something that they could achieve themselves somehow. I, I, I guess so. That. Yeah, yeah, I guess uh, so. Uh, but whatever the case is, um, so these whale things are wrapping themselves around Thrawn's ship and Ezra's aboard. And uh, anyway, they, they wrap themselves around basically the whole seventh fleet. And then Ezra being able to have this communication ability with the, these whales, it tells them to take off. And these whales just like take these ships into freaking out there kind of thing. And, and no one's oh, wow. seen them since so that's that explains so why this yeah so wow. this, this that's why it explains like why thrawn ezra uh aren't around for the original trilogy and uh, and ezra being this aladdin character is found by another jedi called kanan jarrus kanan jarrus dies and and he trains ezra to be a jedi and kanan jarrus is a real jedi padawan who escaped the purge very similar to ahsoka tano um he was the padawan of depa baliba and um, yeah, and he he was the one who kind of took Ezra up onto his onto his, under his wing and and decided, hey, this kid has got potential, and and you know if I'm gonna play any part in getting the Jedi Order to move on and rebuild, like I've got to train this kid to use his abilities to 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 be a Jedi, right? So that's why Ezra becomes Did, this Jedi figure in Star Wars. I'm Rebels. trying to remember because it's been so long since I've watched uh, Rebels. Does he at at the start try to make an excuse not to train Ezra because Ezra's too old? At first, he kind of yeah. At first I feel like that's of... okay. So there, there's something along those lines because it's really funny because I'm noticing that every time we meet a new character who has force powers and they go to train it, it's always no too old, too old, yeah. too old detachment, <laughs> no too old to begin the training. Yeah, 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 like totally. Anakin, Luke, Ezra, spoilers, Grogu. <laughs> seems yeah, every time so, there's yeah. a new character, this seems to be a thing. Yeah, and and I mean, it's and that that is kind of the Jedi way, and and I think I'll actually get into that in a bit here because I wrote that down as one of my notes. But as far as like catching up on Ahsoka, Thrawn, Seventh Fleet, who Ezra is, does that kind of like fill it in for you a little bit there? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. All right. All right, cool stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, so um, basically this episode is called The Jedi. And uh, Ahsoka very clearly in Star Wars Rebels says, uh, I am no Jedi. And uh, at the end of The Clone Wars, she's no longer a Jedi. Um, in, in The Clone Wars itself, she, she actually becomes, she kind of leaves the, the Jedi Order. Yeah, she like officially um, leaves the Order. Like, yeah, so, so, and she very, counts, she, everything. Yeah, and, and actually that, the, her lightsabers are a big statement to that. So in the, in the novel Ahsoka, um, she creates those white lightsabers uh, by purifying the kyber crystals of a Sith Inquisitors 
lightsabers and uh and and they're you know so they go from red to white kind of thing and uh it's kind of a it's kind of a visual sort of parallel to her allegiance because she isn't necessarily aligned with the jedi who are normally known for wielding like a colored lightsaber uh, nor is she a dark side user, which they would normally do red. Um, her allegiance is pretty much to the force, to herself, and to just doing good things in the galaxy at this point. So uh, it's a purified Arguably, kind of look. and I- ironically, what the Jedi probably were supposed to do in the first place. It sounds yeah. really, really Qui Gon esque. Oh as yeah, well. yeah, for sure. And and I'm I'm glad that you brought that up because uh, because Ahsoka Tano to me is kind of like the the representative icon for being like the the best form of it that a Jedi can be, and it's very similar to Qui Gon, where they're they're not reliant on a, on a code or anything like that. Like they they literally rely on the will of the Force, and and they don't get involved with with uh, with war, and they they're not uh, all about power and politics, but they're they're all about helping people, kind of thing. And there there was a there was a, an arc in the final season of the Clone Wars where, um, actually, Blake, you, you weren't really too much of a fan of this arc, and from what I can remember, but which but one Ahsoka, was it? It was when Ahsoka goes off to help those two girls. Two girls. Yeah, there's two girls that she goes to help, and and it takes up like four episodes of the season finale. But um, anyway, she she's off. Ahsoka's off helping these these two girls stay out of trouble, kind of thing. And I think a lot of people online were like, why do we have like this arc, you know? Um, but to Dave and Ashley Eckstein, like, you know, this our character arc was very important because it actually explains what she, why she does what she does and what she's doing beyond the Clone Wars once that whole thing is done, right? And, and she realizes that even though she's not a Jedi anymore, she can still use her powers to help people. So in a way, like in the Star Wars galaxy, she's kind of like a superhero, like a little bit, because like... She's got all these powers and everything, and and she goes out and helps people, but she's not exactly part of like any organization or whatever. Like she's not she's not a part of the religion of the Jedi, right? So this so, arc, this arc more or less was at the beginning she was really lost because she just left the Jedi and didn't know what to do, and then yeah. she kind of finds herself. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and, and and that explains kind of where she is in this current time because even though she did help the rebellion when she could. And uh, and everything, and now uh, th- there's also a reason in Star Wars Rebels as to why she's not in the movies. But um, but at this point in time, she's off, you know, doing her own thing because you know rebellions won, the Empire's gone. Uh, you know, she's she's still, I I think, doing what she can to clear up any mess that the galaxy's still in. And so she's in this episode very clearly trying to help these townspeople overcome this oppressive, you know place but at the same time she's also on a mission to find grand admiral thrawn which is what we find out at the very end of the episode it's a big name drop but um but yeah lots of lots of cool stuff there to look forward to so it's very likely that this this moment in time is actually before the flash forward event that we see at the end of star wars rebels in the in the finale there so um so you're gonna say that you think this is before then i think so i think it's before okay. she shows up with the gandalf white cloak and staff you know uh, before she meets Sabine and goes off to find Ezra, because I think that is when she knows exactly where he is, and oh, and, so and I think in the meantime she's been searching for because, the answer. Well, the question then is, because I assume this would have been must have been afterwards, because like she goes finds Ezra, comes back, then 
you know, Thrawn would have been back too. Now she's trying to hunt down Thrawn because she found out Thrawn actually survived. But I guess yeah. instead you change around where I guess Thrawn was able to escape and she caught word of him is now trying to hunt him down and then that'll help her find Ezra. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think she caught wind that the Grand Admiral Thrawn is is alive and and she knows if he's alive, then Ezra's probably alive. So at the very end of Star Wars Rebels, when she says to Sabine, like, or, well, she doesn't say anything. It's like Sabine actually has a voiceover that's going on in the background. And uh, she says something along the lines of, uh, okay, and now it's time to bring Ezra home. Um, You know, it's not really clear as to when that moment takes place. I think on Wikipedia, they kind of estimate it at like five years after uh, episode six. But, you know, it's I don't I I don't they don't actually say that in the show. So they could always change that. Right. And just for Um, estimation, how what's the time gap from episode six to the sequel trilogy? force awakens oh that's 30 years that's like 29 30 years yeah yeah so and this and this show takes place like five years after episode six as well so so this is all kind of happening around the same time frame um i believe so yeah i mean um it's it's interesting to see that that ahsoka is on the hunt still it makes me think if we're going to get a spinoff show or if we're going to get more episodes where she pops up in um it makes me think even more crazy things like we're going to get probably Admiral Thrawn, like in live action. That's what I was thinking too. Also, an Ezra Bridger. Like, I never thought I would see the day that Ezra Bridger made it into a live action show, but. Oh, you know, Dave's finally been given an opportunity, right? Cram in as many as you can. (laughs) Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like, I was, I was talking to, I was talking to Calvin about this and, and I said, I said to him, like, I think it's moving in the direction that, that Dave, Dave has, has, I mean, Dave is one of the, two main guys making this show right yeah so like to anyone out there like who hasn't seen dave's previous shows there's you know it started off being very kind of independent, yeah well standalone feel ish but and and here's where one of my speculations of season two has kind of come to fruition is that i speculated season two would be the one to kind of bring this show into the fold a lot more integrate it in its place in the timeline um, and so far it's done a really good job of that, but it's even done more than I expected to because what it's doing is it's using the past two animated shows as kind of like a, as kind of like a, a reference list of things that needed to be continued. And yeah, I now, can see that because there were, there was yeah. definitely storylines that were left like unfinished essentially. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, you and know? everyone's just like, when's the next animated show coming out? Like no one thought that the Mandalorian would be the one to kind of pull the pieces together and kind of allude to what these characters are doing now. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, so I guess like having not seen Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff like that, you know, it's a lot of stuff that I guess going forward into maybe even season three, it's really going to be missing out a lot on. Um, if I do wonder though, if it's going to start getting like too big, because you know I think a lot of people like this show because it's it's simple. Like it's this guy who's got this kid. He's trying to figure out you know what to do. He's doing like bounty hunting missions and like saving villages and stuff. Right? It's very Firefly. But then the right. worry is, is it going to just become like the movies where it's just it's too tied into everything going on. You know what I mean? So then he, it kind of, it loses that small feel and just kind of gets lost in. I see what we've we, we seen every other show so far. Yeah, no, I, I see where you're going with that. That was actually a question that I wanted to ask you guys because, uh, because my thoughts on the matter are, 
I enjoy the first season for what it is because it does a really good job at kind of introducing that kind of independent vibe because we needed that time to to appreciate and and sort of start to love these new characters, right? Yeah. Like 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 uh, you know Carl Weathers' character and the Mandalorian and the Child, of course, and uh, you know all these other new faces that we've seen and and seen repetitively. Um, you know, as soon as a, a face like Ahsoka or Bo-Katan comes into the show you know, they naturally just steal the show because because it's like we've seen Bo-Katan, we've seen Ahsoka in, in animated form multiple times over multiple shows. Yeah. And and now they're in live action and that's like they just they just take all the attention with them, right? So people are yeah have such like uh like ties to these characters, right? Yeah, and we needed that first season to feel more independent on purpose so that we could feel nostalgic towards those characters maybe in the, you know, and, and remain attached to those characters when these other characters do show up, right? But I think it's very Star Wars to have it eventually come back and affect that bigger story because it's always about that bigger narrative so, all the time. So you want right? this, the story of Mandalorian to get bigger and bigger? and just I, like- I, I, think, I think it's just naturally going to happen, and I'm not against it. Um, it's not that I want it to happen. It's, it's more like I understand why it's going to happen because... Because even though we have, like, if you think about it, like, we have movies like Solo, like Rogue One, like, that are considered spin-off movies. They directly feed back into the main narrative, though, right? And then character uh, shows like Resistance, Rebels, Clone Wars, you know, those all feed back into the main narrative again. So being the first live-action show, I, I think there was a lot of kind of speculation that this was just going to be its own thing. But I think it's very, very Star Wars to have that connection that it was eventually going to go back to that main narrative again and and kind of pull everything that that show's done back into that story. So I think it's very natural that that would that was eventually going to happen. I think. Okay. What, yeah. What are your thoughts then of then pulling in Thrawn at this point? Because I mean, they've already got this new Moff guy, right? Yeah, yeah, Moff Gideon, yeah. Um, so if they've got him, do they need him and Thrawn? Because technically, Moff is above the rank of yeah, of a Grand Admiral. Because, like, Tarkin was, was, was a Moff before he got promoted. Yeah, you know, I, I think, it's honestly, I think, I, think Thrawn, I think Thrawn is a future setup. I think Moff Gideon is going to be dealt with by the end of this season. Okay. Uh, but possibly, interestingly, possibly. though... Because, like, it's also weird because the Empire is technically, like, falling apart. So Moff Gideon is technically more of, like, a warlord than a, a proper Moff, which I guess people would consider, be like, a governor in you know, American politics. Yeah. So, because Grand Admiral Thrawn is below him in rank, but all probably more competent of a, like, strategic, like, yeah, st- strategic kind of person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It yeah. just gets, it gets a little, like... You're not really moving up the chain of command, like you're moving backwards, almost. Right. Like, yeah. Technically, it's like a lesser bad if you go by rank. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I know killing what you mean. killing Palpatine before killing Vader. Well, I think I think Moff Gideon could also be the kind of character that eventually gives Thrawn even a run for his money, right? Um, but it's also eligible to think that maybe they're in cahoots together because. Those dark troopers thing, it's a very Thrawn thing to do. That's what I was thinking I think, like, too yeah. when I was watching him. Like that's the Yeah. I was thinking back when I mentioned Thrawn, I was thinking the the possible dark troopers. 
It could be yeah. very. It's very Thrawn esque. It's a very yeah. Thrawn. Because like yeah, in the in the original novels, what Thrawn did was he found this uh, decommissioned and lost f- fleets of star destroyers, which all had this special uh, kind of like AI system programmed into them. So he could be in control of one ship, but control an entire fleet of star destroyers, which are all kind of like programmed like game, together like game pieces almost essentially yeah so like yeah. They, they didn't have any actual people on board you just controlled right. them remotely and that's not a far step then to say in this canon that he would kind of go a similar route with these dark troopers because mm. yeah. it's just like the soldier version right yeah that, that's yeah that's that's fair yeah um i yeah i think i think it's a very thrawn thing to do um but uh Man, all right. Uh, let's hold on. I got I got like a lot of things down for this episode. Okay, do you kid think I, I I gotta have you guys ask answer this question because I was kind of curious about this. Uh, the the child, you know, the kid is so obsessed with this ball, right? Do you think? Uh, I'll, I'll get Reed to answer first. Do you think uh, that the that it's possible if if he ever gets a lightsaber that it's gonna be made from a ball? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I don't. Think so? No. That would be a first. That would be a first. Honestly. How would that even work? I mean, maybe he'll, he'll put the ball into it somehow. That's the thing. I don't that's think the we're thing, ever right? gonna see him get a lightsaber. Just throwing that one out there. That's also that's true. Fair. That's that's very true. Yeah. I, I, I mean, if you go by their age, he'll he'll make a lightsaber in like three hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, also, uh, we see in this town, we see a droid that walks by the Mandalorian that's straight out of Jabba's palace. So yeah, like, I recognize uh, him. He's got that really kind of tall Frankenstein head. Yeah, and it just made me think, this show now has kind of has kind of brought to life... Uh, well, I think Clone Wars did it to the IG units, but but they've never done it practically. But uh, practically now, they've they've had to, in live action style, had to, had to create two droids back from the original trilogy that in the original trilogy we never saw walk around or move or anything like that we just saw their face turn and their arms move mm-hmm. but uh but yeah now that's twice two droids now that that we've they've had to like come up with a way that they walk and everything because which is awesome like and honestly yeah, really cool they've yeah. done a really good job of like showing a lot of the original aliens and droids and stuff and honestly that i feel like that's one of the biggest issues people have with the sequels right they just ignored all of that yeah, yeah, and that's that's one of my big issues too. So I am like, l- loving Mandalorian for like all the, uh, I guess you could call it like the references. Fa- yeah, or like like fan, you know, stuff. But yeah, to me, fan it act- fan service. Thank you. But to me, it's actually just solidifying that this is in the same world. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. That's the that that's exactly how I would put it too. Like it's it's less about fan servicing and more just continuity. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, so, did you guys catch the fact that they finally canonized the fact that Beskar now blocks lightsabers? Yeah, I noticed that oh, right yeah. away. I totally forgot. Yeah, I was gonna ask you guys about that because I don't think we taught had that had ever come up at all, like in any of the like the first season or anything. And so I thought that was really cool that like Beskar could block it. Like I'm sure there's more. Like I'm kind of curious if there's like more to it to it like have mm. you guys seen that happen before kind of in uh, i think this is the first time it's been officially canonized but it used to be mm-hmm. a thing in eu so originally there's only two types of metals in the entire galaxy that can stop 
uh, lightsabers or blasters, like blasters would be like properly, and that is uh, Cortosis and Beskar. Mm. So yeah. Beskar, I think it just it has. I believe it works is such a high melting point that it actually won't be affected by it, whereas Cortosis actually uh, disrupts the energy as it con- comes into contact. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's cool that they actually made that happen, and it, and it came at such a sudden, you know, movement when she came out and just struck him, and I was like, "What?" Like, <laughs> I know, right? Just, yeah, yeah. I was, I was just blown away. I was like, "Okay, so that just happened." Um, I'm glad they I, did because I think it wasn't that long ago. You and Josh, you and I were talking about this, and maybe it was on the air because we're wondering yeah. if they're actually going to make that a thing. Well, exactly. Yeah. And, and I think I, I think it, it came up when we were all doing the second or the first uh, after show of this season that uh, that, you know, back uh, alluding back to the Clone Wars when all the Mandalorians show up and, you know, whether or not their armor was actually Beskar or not. And I'm pretty sure that Ahsoka has sliced open people's jetpacks in that yeah. show. Like I like I'm pretty sure it happens. So, in Clone so Wars? I'm not yeah in Clone yeah, Wars. I think yeah. that happens so, in Clone Wars a lot. I don't know if we've yeah. ever seen their armor, like anyone die from like a chest wound. You know what I mean? Or yeah, from yeah, exactly. So it makes me wonder if if perhaps maybe there is Mandalorian armor out there that isn't made of Beskar and and oh that, I would yeah absolutely. Yeah. But at least that's how it was in EU like proper Mandalorian Beskar armor is extremely rare uh, just because the metal is so rare, right? Most of the armor that is Beskar is extremely ancient from right. like the Mandalorian Wars kind of era. And uh, there's, because they can actually make a lot of it anymore, both because of skill and there was no availability to actually get the metal. They just started recreating it with just regular like uh, Jarrah steel and uh, Blastoid. Mm-hmm. So it was yeah. kind of it looked the same, like had the same style, but it was not made of the same materials. Okay, yeah. So that's maybe it'll come out at some point, but uh, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that that they uh, that they've now kind of confirmed, you know, some of the some of the troops out there in in the Mandalorian ranks don't all have Beskar armor. So hmm. uh, I guess because yeah, we're, you... we're kind of on it, I want to point out that I thought it was really funny that the last season he just slowly accumulated his armor and then this season he gets like his spear so now he's got like he's like a full knight yeah oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> talking about his spear and how josh was saying like he thinks he's gonna kill uh grand moff gideon this season he, i think he's gonna oh he can fight him there. now yeah yeah, yeah that's true that's, that's actually a really good point i didn't even think of that <laughs> i was i was just thinking uh oh yeah moff gideon he he's gonna maybe fight ahsoka because she's gonna show up at, yeah. at some point right but, I, so but, i think uh, he's uh replaced his uh boom stick with a pointy stick <laughs> yeah that's that's yeah, a really good point i actually never thought of that before yeah no that's a really good idea yeah that's uh it seems pretty likely to happen it's too little it is a little, little too yeah. coincidental i'd say yeah. <laughs> the question is, does he have any training? If not, who's going to train him? Oh, the real question is, like, is he going to reforge that spear into, like, a sword or something cool? Like, 
Not that not that spirits are not that spirits are cool, but I would just love to well, see a Beskar sword. Well, he find a forge or whatever, right? Yeah, the, the yeah. woman. Because like, did she die in that purge when he escaped? With no, the child? no, no. He she was still reforging all that stuff. So underground. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, he yeah, went yeah, down so. there and they found all the helmets and stuff, right? So the, they, the they found the lair. Yeah, and she was she was melting it all down and and stuff like that. The uh, the uh, what are they what they what they call her again? The 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 armorer, I think. Yeah, I think it was the armor, um, yeah. but uh, yeah. So she's she's out there still. So it's very likely we'll see her again, and maybe he'll maybe he'll get it fa- factored into something cool. But uh, um, yeah, anyway, uh, that's a good idea. What do you guys think think of the name Grogu? Grogu. I, I thought it, at first I thought they say Goku. Goku, yeah, 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 yeah Grogu. Yeah. <laughs> just I was like, like Goku. Oh. <laughs> That's hilarious. Kamehameha! <laughs> exactly. It's going all Super Saiyan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what'd you guys think of the name? Uh, I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was cool. I'm I'm all for it, man. <laughs> I thought it was a little goofy until Reed actually pointed out that, you know, Yoda's kind of goofy. So I'm like, well, yeah. you can't really argue yeah. with that. <laughs> it is. It, it's a good point to make because I, I guess we're so we're so used to like saying some of these names that but they do sound weird right like obi-wan kenobi yeah i know, <laughs> you know right? yeah what do you okay. think about it it's you like about, dude that's a weird name like hey, talking about talking about obi-wan kenobi i don't know if you guys have ever watched it but there's these guys i don't remember their names but they make a bunch of like uh satire or, like spoof like short movies based off a bunch of different things like star wars batman and other stuff so with star what they do is they like redo it in like a thumb context to satire so like star wars (laughs) they call thumb wars and batman they call like bat thumb and then frankenstein they call like frankenthumb dude those are so old they're so old but yeah i remember an advertisement for that in like 99 yeah man so with (laughs) with uh uh thumb wars or whatever their name for obi-wan kenobi is the greatest thing i've ever heard it's like ubi dooby scooby dooby banooby <laughs> it's, it's it's so great oh but, my goodness all right i just had to throw that in there like speaking about goofy names like they make fun of it so much it's great no <laughs> oh, man thanks for bringing that up yeah. i'm gonna have to look that up because i don't think i've ever oh, that, that name sounds really familiar but i've never actually seen the thing i don't think so <laughs> Yeah. Um, Yeah. So they get into a little bit about Grogu's backstory um, that he was actually trained at the Jedi Temple, and that kind of blew me away. Yeah, I was so surprised Um, by that. But then I kind of got thinking on it. It's like he is over fifty years old, so yeah, it makes sense then that he could have been at the temple. Here's here's another interesting uh, fact. Here is that based on his age, uh, there's people online that have kind of you know very blatantly pointed out the fact that he is actually the same age that Anakin would be if he was still alive. So he was born the year that that Anakin was born. Interesting. So interestingly enough, he probably came to the Jedi Temple around the same time. And it's worth noting that in The Phantom Menace, we, we have Yaddle and Yoda, which are both also part of the same species. Um, so... Yeah, and and Ahsoka doesn't remember Yaddle uh, because Ahsoka was was not even in the Jedi t- 
temple. When, yeah, I noticed when, that too because she said I only knew one other of a species. I'm like, when yeah, it was Yoda, and I was. Like, it, it, she never meet that- Yaddle. No, and, and there was, a, it's funny, uh, you know, Ian, he was on the show, right? The, uh, our friend from England. Uh, so he, um, uh, he tweeted out this as well. And I, I also tweeted something out. There was an article that I think it was Screen Rant or something that, that put it out there. Screen Rant has some, they have some pretty good articles. And then some of their articles are like, dude, why? Like nobody, <laughs> nobody cares about this. So anyway, they put out an article with uh with a subject header of of fans outcry for ahsoka's uh uh ahsoka left out yaddle or something like that (laughs) and i was like i looked at and 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 he he tweets this out and goes haha no we're not (laughs) 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 and and i was like i was like dude it's so true like like i mean like i i I, I did cross my mind first time i watched it she said that it's actually the first thing i thought of was i I did too i did too uh reed did you know there was another creature called yaddle okay okay cool okay so so you know yaddle in the phantom menace this is like anakin's like 12 right so ahsoka is probably just being born around this point in time like like she's probably like two or something like that so i'm assuming that she's not even like in the temple at this point it's fair enough to say yaddle probably died after the phantom menace very close to that movie though but yeah. like after, so that we don't see her, because she's she's not in the later films. So yeah. so uh, she's not in Attack of the Clones and stuff like that. And when I was reading uh, the old Scholastic Jedi Quest series back in the oh day, my you know when gosh. that was a thing. Yeah, I just so realized something. She died in that series. Um, what? what if Yaddle and Yoda are the parents? Violate <laughs> <laughs> everything he swore. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That would be that would be pretty crazy. Blasphemy! Uh, exactly. I would, I would laugh pretty hard if that was the case. Like, um, Yoda, you became the very thing you th- swore to never become. Yeah. <laughs> when nine hundred years old, you reach horny, you will be. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my I can see Yoda like making move on Yaddle, and like. <laughs> Preserve the race. We must. (laughs) Red, luscious hair. (laughs) Higher duty we have. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's not, it's not out of the question. I mean, but, but, I mean, I thought it was interesting that he was raised at the Jedi Temple and that somebody took him more or less specifically. Somebody took him from the Jedi Temple and he's still alive. Like, who would take somebody like that from the Jedi Temple? And not like kill them, and and I don't you know kill what I mean? them. like I think he's well I, no didn't you say uh, a Jedi took yeah, him from the, no, he, he said she the said she, she said somebody she said somebody took him from the Jedi Temple uh, after the purge or before the purge or what or it was something like that it was it was like around the same time as the purge they, they she kind of alluded to the fact that do so you think he was kidnapped because i thought it was I, a jedi think, like saved yeah. him during the purge well that there's that's on the table too so so there's i've seen i've seen the theory online that that mace windu survives and he is the <laughs> one who took him oh my God. <laughs> i've seen that theory and i'm like you know what why not it's not crazy i mean like we've seen a lot of stuff at this point like I so, never thought we'd see live action. Ahsoka, nobody dies in Star Wars. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's definitely... They're only it's horribly definitely mutilated and they live to fight another day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. They just come back so, with robot legs. <laughs> well, I've seen, I've, seen a, I've seen a fan kind of concept image of what Mace Windu would look like after I've that. I've seen that too. It's, yeah. it's kind of it's pretty trippy. Yeah, it's pretty trippy, but uh, it's like super cyberpunky, and he's got this super. I don't know why, but he's got this super long like goatee thing. And anyway, but uh, yeah, I do want to like, point out. Took him. I do want to point out that Samuel Jackson asked George Lucas if he could live after he felt the window, and George said, eh, "Sure, why not? Uh, maybe, yep." <laughs> <laughs> so technically, he lived. It's like, well, it makes me rethink Empire Strikes Back. It's like, that boy is our last hope. Like, no, there is another. <laughs> he's like thinking about his son or something like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 The whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, oh, man, dude, you got to supercut that. So, like, <laughs> so it just goes from like Yoda saying that, and then it'll cut to. Uh, Grogu like eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so I'm I'm really thankful that we're hopefully not gonna get any more of this baby Yoda stuff because uh the name. name the name was kind of driving me crazy. Like it, it, I don't know. The it child just, the child that's is totally fine. To like that's the way it's supposed to be, but but yeah, like I mean now we actually have like aside from the child, we have Grogu now, which is fine. But uh but yeah, like the uh the baby Yoda thing was was like, man, like I just I cannot get on board with that. You know, um, I don't think Lucasfilm was a huge fan of it either. But no, I don't um, think they were. Yeah. So um, so Grogu has suppressed his memories, and I think it might just be a good excuse so that they can fill that in later, however they want. Is it memories? I thought it was just. He was like hiding his force powers. He, that too, but yeah. uh, his me- Ahsoka says his memories go dark. Yeah, uh, after well, he, they say he was scared. Him. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're. I thought they meant like, like they're bad memories. Like it was scary. Uh, it's yeah. It's There's no good memories he, since since the temple. Yeah, and it's possible that maybe he just didn't share that stuff with her. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's likely that maybe we'll get some more backstory going forward. Uh, which would be really cool. Like, I would love to to find out like who took him in the first place and why. I mean, you know, we know why the emperor or why the empire wants him. Yeah. For his blood and stuff like that. But but we don't know initially why anybody would take him in the first place. This plot can't go back that far. Otherwise, they would have they would have succeeded way earlier on, right? But um, but yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, Ahsoka also references like uh, Anakin when she's talking about you know training mm. like the, the the child and stuff like that, and she says like I can't train him because he's too attached to you, right? Like he uh, and uh, and and he's like, well, why not? And you know, she's like, well, I've seen what happens to the best of us when you know we have like when they have emotions and attachments, right? And she's talking about Anakin, yeah. And and it's it's worth noting that that's not something she discovers in the clone wars it's it's like i think i mentioned this earlier is that she actually finds that out in star wars rebels when she actually fights darth vader and she realizes who he is once she chops off a little piece of his helmet and and you see his eye poking out and yeah he he says her name and she instantly is just like what like yeah um 
up she's until that point, away. she only, yeah, and up until that point, she kind of keeps telling herself. But did she no, know about got to be dead? The attachment, though, right? I don't know if she ever found out well, th- that he was she, married. No, she never. She never found that out. But I, I think she, she kind of. She also kind of knew. I think it's a bit like Obi Wan, you know, like he kind of just turned a blind eye to it. Um, but it's very obvious in the end of the show that he kind of knows that they definitely have feelings for each other. I don't think he knows that they've gone as far as to marry each other, but, but right. I think well, from Obi-Wan's perspective, better. let's also not forget that he almost left the order to marry, uh, forget her Satine, name. Yeah. Yeah. It's a team. So, yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, well it's, it makes, it, you know, it makes perfect sense that, and I'm glad that Dave put that in the script for the end of the finale because, because Obi-Wan, you know, in the, in the revenge of the Sith, he just kind of turns when he's looking at Padme telling him that, that telling her that Anakin turned to the dark side and stuff. And, and he goes, Anakin is the father, isn't he? I'm so sorry. And then he just walks off. And it's like, well, that was dramatic. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, no, he knows. I think, he, I think he actually does have a really good idea for, for the relationship that goes on between them. I, like, you know, the details may be a little less so, but I, I think he knows that Anakin loves her. So, um, yeah, there is that. But, uh, Anyway, uh, yeah, so we got into the HK-87 droids, uh, Thrawn's fleet, all that stuff. Um, I had a question. Th- I had a question. Yeah. So uh, when Mando like walks up to the wall and you know, is confronted by the, the, the gatekeeper people, and the soldier guy asks him, like, are you part of the guild? Or I guess I think it was the woman. That raises the question, is he in the guild? Because I oh. thought at this point he was no longer in the guild. So did he lie to them by like? Because he said last I checked, which could be like, it's very ambiguous. Yeah. Because both him and Carl Weathers' character, I felt like they are no longer in the guild because they kind of like turned on them. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I think th- so. That's either so that could be one possibility the other possibility is that after at the end of season one carl weathers character um fixed up his reputation a bit and and called off the bounty on on him and the child uh yeah that that's so that's also on the table i i'm not entirely sure actually i'm gonna have to look that up but um i think that's why he says like last time i checked yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, he, I, I don't know even think he knows so, yeah like, i don't even think he knows because he hasn't really he hasn't really been doing that job anymore right like he's he's kind of stopped being a bounty hunter and he's he's more kind of been on his own personal quest at this point yeah that's so, true yeah um yeah but did you guys catch anything before i kind of move on to the duel and and stuff like that did you guys catch anything throughout this episode that you want to bring up I don't know if you're planning on getting into it later, but I wouldn't mind just talking a little bit about what we thought about uh, the appearance of Ahsoka in live action. Oh yeah, I mean, so yeah. First of all, to get into the music, and let me just let me just put it on. I thought they did a really good job at at bringing back her theme, which was like the first thing that I think I I recognized as soon as she kind of had a more calm moment when she was talking to the magistrate. Do you guys hear that? Yeah. Hear the song. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So this is the song that kind of plays whenever she's around, and and it plays in different variations through Star Wars: The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. And uh, you know, it plays when she first becomes Anakin's apprentice. It plays in a more saddened version when she leaves the Order, and um, and then it plays again 
when she's fighting in a more kind of action-y way. And, and then we heard another version of this in, uh, in this particular episode. There was like a, a variation of it. So I really liked that, that they did that. And uh, I love the visual aesthetic. Um, you know, obviously it kind of missed the, the heart of that character being Ashley Eckstein. I'm still kind of bitter that they didn't, they didn't cast her as the, as the character. Yeah, uh, it's because... kind of weird that they didn't. I don't know. I'm sure they tried to do a casting with her and then decided to yeah. go in direction. I would be surprised if she didn't get a shot at it. I yeah, and and that well, that's the thing. Like like I think for her, because she posted about this back in March, she was actually surprised. I think, but also said, "I I have nothing to do with the Mandalorian, and I appreciate all the support and everything." And so I don't think she really fully knew that any of this was this was happening. So it kind of surprises me that Dave Filoni wouldn't just call her up and yeah, say, hey, that's, that's what I would have thought. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, what did, what did you guys? Oh, and, and her like who is just short. Yeah, in, in in Rebels they were longer. That's my one. Co- that's my only complaint. Other than other than the casting, Rosario was awesome. But I just feel like the role deserves to be played by Ashley Eckstein at this point. Um, I did have uh, a other- few issues with it actually because you pointed out the Leku thing, and you're right. That does make a really weird canon issue. That like yeah, cause they last time we see her longer. Yeah, it, last time we see her is like all the way down her back, like. Almost yeah. to her butt, and now it's like to her shoulders. I was like, "What?" Yeah, now, now, yeah, it's at the <laughs> length really that short. we saw her in Clone Wars. It's at that length right now. Whereas Rebels, like, it's when she was longer. what, sixteen? Like uh, yeah, like around sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, at this point in time, it should be even longer than Rebels at best because that was ten years prior. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it was and, a, a budget thing, unfortunately. But I wish they would have Maybe. made it longer because it would have been like a hassle to have her like wear head tails the entire that, that yeah. long, right? So yeah. I can see why they would do that. But I also felt like them being longer made her look more like elegant and like wizard mm-hmm. of the Jedi. Yeah, I thought from so what too. we saw her as she got older, them being longer with her cloak and everything, she looks, you know, like a wizened Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It shows it shows her age too as they get longer. That's the one thing that's always been apparent to me throughout the the animated show is that even in the Clone Wars they lengthened them with her age, right? Yeah. So after season three or whatever, they're lo- longer, and then in season seven they're longer, and then in Rebels they're longer, and then in this show they're like back up here again. It's like, like yeah. why? Yeah. So so that her voice it's it's just not ahsoka right she looks yeah, like ahsoka she doesn't sound like ahsoka she i'd say she looked like ahsoka but she didn't really act like ahsoka no she didn't really yeah Which she didn't have a lot of my next issue because like mm-hmm. there's several occasion points where she, uh i'm not sure the actress's name but she looked like angry aggressive during that duel which didn't feel ahsoka like and yeah. some of uh, her movements didn't really feel very Ahsoka either. I noticed. <laughs> yeah, and and mind you, it's a tough thing, right? Because because of course, like we've we've been attuned with the whole animated version of that character. But, yeah. So that's what that's why I want to ask you, Reed. Um, like, what did you? Because this is your first. Uh, yeah. Is this your first time seeing this character, or have you yep. seen her before? And okay, nope. so what what is it like then being on that side of the fence, seeing this character for the first time in live action, and then hearing us chat talk about these things? Um, I mean, like right away seeing her, like you know, she 
like you can tell there's a lot of things like she's not a normal jedi basically i mean like the lightsabers are pretty big like dead giveaway kind of uh i mean like she's got like two white lightsabers like we already talked about that a little bit already uh also i thought they were kind of cool it reminded me a little bit of count dooku uh, a little bit because one of the yeah. uh, kind of curvy uh lightsaber but um but yeah she like the way she fought too was very different i guess i mean i don't know i don't know if it's like it's something that we've seen before kind of the way she fought but it was like the opening sequence at least was like very uh sneaky like it's not something i like typically expect of a jedi to be like skulking around like in it was the very, and very stuff bad like that. actually wasn't it yeah definitely but i mean that's kind of neither here nor there but yeah she like i she you you know like she's not a typical and atypical Jedi because like she's alive yeah. for starters, <laughs> like she yeah. she didn't like get wrecked in the uh, the temple and stuff like that. So it's like I was I'm not like surprised that um you know there's certain things that aren't like consistent. And I mean it like back to what you were talking about earlier with her kind of walking that like middle ground with uh similar to like Qui Gon Jinn or something like that. It, like it doesn't surprise me that she would be like more intense or angry or frustrated about certain things. Like, I mean, at this point, she's seen a lot too, right? Like, she saw the fall of the Jedi, the rise of the Empire, the fall of the Empire. Like, yeah, it's yeah. gonna give you some perspective. And then, like, being in touch with the Force and like feeling all that, right? Mm-hmm. Compared to the last time that we saw her, I feel like her display of power in this episode was not pulled off very well. Agreed. Um, I I think like it's like how Reed put it, like the the skulking around sort of thing, that didn't feel like Ahsoka Tano to me. Like like I mean, it, maybe it, she's changed though. Like if so much time yeah. has passed since we've last seen her, and like she's had to stay alive like the entire time, like the Empire. Yeah, you know, I can see that if she's like in hiding maybe, yeah. from the Empire. I'm trying to. Remember, she might have similar tactics to what happened here in the the novel that takes place. Like, yeah, and, the, and the other thing is like I, I know that she's she's also been doing her best at, uh, in in both Star Wars Rebels and uh, in in uh, in the, at the very end of the Clone Wars, uh, she does her best not to kill people. Like she does her best to try and preserve their life and to either un- knock them out or or whatever, right? Because like as as I don't know with with it's ironic because Anakin just killed everybody. Yeah, uh, and, and we and I think when I was doing Clone Wars talk with Diego, we we chatted about this kind of extensively as to the contrast between Anakin and his own apprentice. But um, but her, she she is very kind of a, a a very soft-hearted person, and even if someone's trying to to kill her, she doesn't act out aggressively. And that's also something that that I thought was weird in that fight that she was very aggressive-looking when she was fighting the magistrate. And uh, I was like, Ugh, I don't know if she would really. That really snarl caught me. And... Yeah, that really stood out a lot to if me. She, I didn't like. Yeah, that. because in Rebels, she fights with such grace and skill, and she doesn't make a single like she she's not taken off guard by her emotion at all. And and even though she's kind of snarling in this one and stuff, like even when she's like, fighting Vader. Yeah, like like it, well, in, in Vader, in Vader, with Vader, she does get slightly emotional, but but when she's fighting like the inquisitors for example like she's just so collected and and she's fighting two of them at once and like 
just so calm. And that kind of explained the whole like samurai kind of thing about her, right? And now now she's like, she is got that samurai feel still, but then when she fights with this person, it's like, it's like, man, like that was aggressive. Like, I don't know. And then, you know, and she was killing some of the guys and some of them she didn't. And and I, I feel like the, it was almost as if the performer and the direction and stuff, it all just didn't, it wasn't cohesive. Yeah. Necessarily. I, well, I'd be surprised if the woman who played Ahsoka in this, if she's actually seen the show, she's actually a big fan of the character. Yeah. So, so I'd like to know how many times she's seen the show. Um, you know, I'm not like I've seen a couple episodes and I'm a huge fan of the character sort of thing. Yeah. But like, like uh, I feel like this comes up a lot with, uh, actors and actresses They're they will because they're given the part they're going to look into it but the Clone Wars is very long and then Rebels and everything if you want to watch everything uh, uh, like to get to know Ahsoka that's a lot of information so unless she was already a big yeah. fan before she got the part which most actors and actresses that's not really the case they'll like research a bit like yeah it's great but it's like more of just a I have a contract and then I need to you know get the fans into this right yeah 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 um yeah no, i know i think it was before her casting that she did express interest um online i think because people pointed out that she had this look about her that that looked like ahsoka so in a way this is kind of a dream come true for all the people that were fan casting out there mm. but uh but for me i'm like ah like it just missed the heart and soul of ahsoka for me like because the heart and soul of ahsoka for me is definitely in in ashley's voice and and it's because when they're acting they can't see what they're doing like the everything about that character and that performance has to come out through their voice right so whether that be when they're fighting or when they're when they're being serious or or whatever um that has to be that has to come out audibly and throughout this whole episode that just didn't vibe at all for me like not once so I was like, ah, like they, they should have at least dubbed the character. Like, but, but no. So honestly, it's like, tough. I hate to put That's it a this tough way. Thing to do. I'm torn because like, I, I obviously I love, like, I was stoked to hear that this character was showing up when I heard that Rosario Dawson was being casted. I was like, okay, she's a great actress. Do I think she should be playing this character? Like, no way. Like, you know, I think like Ashley Eckstein has to be the person to play this character. Like always, like she's the one who, She's the one who is responsible for taking most, like, majority of fans out there who hated the character mm. and changing their minds about her. Which was, at the beginning, anyone who'd seen Star Wars before. No one was a yeah. fan when the, when the show first came out. I remember exactly. what, I was really excited when I saw the animated movie for sale at Walmart, because I never went to it in theaters. I was like, oh, there's a new Star Wars, cool, check it out. And I put in, put like... You know, put the DVD player, watched it. It got to the end. I'm like, wow, this is awful. <laughs> and, yeah, and, I remember. The thing that annoyed me so much was that now Anakin has an apprentice that doesn't make any sense. And there's this like annoying, snippy, like preteen girl. I was so annoyed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I was pretty peeved too. And, and I didn't want to admit it at the time. But, you know, when I when I walked out, we walked out of the movie theater. I think Diego was actually uh, at, with me when, when we saw the movie the first time. And he hated it. He was like, that was the worst thing I've ever seen. And I was like, how can you say that? Like, <laughs> I didn't want to admit it, but I was I was pretty bummed. And and I, I didn't even know that there was a show that was going to follow that movie. 
And then and then Luke had pointed out to me that that they were launching this the Clone Wars show afterwards, and and I was totally out of the loop, and and I was like, oh, I didn't know that, and you know, and then I tuned into CTV for the first couple of weeks it was on, and then it became a Cartoon Network exclusive, so I couldn't watch it after that for a good long while. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, I managed to buy the season on iTunes and stayed up with it, you know, after that. But uh, but yeah, I mean, this this character goes back pretty far with fans, and and has gone through the ringer as far as being this character that people used to hate and now they love. And that's all due to Ashley Eckstein because without her performance and like, you know, the collaboration between her and Dave, like, you know, that, that character could have just been remained to be hated. Right. Like, but that changed and, and they did that with the aging and the development of that character's arc. Um, And so to have somebody else come in and play that character, it's like, it's like somebody else just coming in and playing, like just Luke Skywalker for a day. And it's like, you can't do that. Like, I, like, I don't know. It, it's just, it just doesn't work for me, you know? No, it's a good point. Like it was, it was a really high bar to achieve. So it, it really, there is, are a few yeah. people, probably and, and one, I, one person who could have actually like reached that. <laughs> well, and here's the thing, like, like with, with characters, like, it is a very high bar and it's a very difficult thing to achieve because of course other characters the argument can be made it's like oh the voice is different than the actor on live action like i mean we have a different voice actor for anakin as we do for our live action actors and not to mention we've had multiple actors play that character and then same with obi-wan kenobi we've got a voice for him in the clone wars and the and star wars rebels and then we've got you know ewan mcgregor and and alec guinness playing him in live action so like there is like a separation there sometimes, but so far in the show, like Katie Sackhoff has played the voice of Bo-Katan. She plays Bo-Katan in live action, you know, like, and so on and so forth. Like we, we've had that with, with a few things. And, and Ahsoka is one of those first characters that, that it's like, whoa, uh, okay. We only know this character from animation. Like, how are we going to translate that into live action? And, and, and who's going to play her kind of thing. And Ashley has done live action in the past, but like, I don't know if they were just fully cap Like, I, I don't know if they just expected her to maybe not do a good job or if they were just wanting an experienced actress that was able to just know what to expect and, and who was also a fan of the show and the character and everything. Like, I have no idea, but um, yeah, it's tough. Cause like things like this, it's like, I'm sure, sh- Sure, Dave would have wanted mm-hmm. that, but Dave's not the only guy involved, so they'd have to go yeah. through probably most of the like the high end production team would make a call and something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I, but I know it's a, it's a it's a little disappointing, but that, I guess that that brings me to my final kind of note of the evening. I guess is that the rumor has it that there is going to be. Um, in it, oh, actually, I have one more point after that. But the rumor has it there's there's going to be a live action Ahsoka show. So, how do you guys? Well, I mean, hmm. how how do you? Yeah, how do you guys both, you know, take that kind of news, and you know, like excited, not excited? Well, I had like no very, comparatively very little about this person. Right. So I'm, for me, like right now, based off of what I just watched from Mandalorian, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, that'd yeah. be cool to get. Like, I think it depends on like, to me, it would depend on the time frame because I haven't mm-hmm. watched Clone Wars at all. So I don't really have any like 
expectations right really for like for the character or her story and stuff like that it, i'm just like oh cool it'd be cool to see like uh like if they do do uh sort of an offshoot story if it's like going to be in pursuit of admiral thrawn and stuff like that that would be kind of cool uh where like sh she and thrawn are kind of the focal point of that story or like if it's mm -hmm. going to be like a history of what's happened so far up until this point right yeah Hmm. What about you, Blake? Uh, I do kind of agree with that read set there, where it does depend a lot on what they want to do with Ahsoka and like what the actual storyline is going to be in the time frame that they're going to use. It would have to grow on me. They'd have to impress me at this point, though, uh, going just based off what we saw today. Like I could see that it could get better, but I do think... And this is based off one episode, so I mean, it could be that maybe it just didn't work out as well as they wanted to in this one shooting. But I, I do think, um, what was the name of the actress? Uh, Rosario Dawson. I do think that Miss Dawson will need to get to know the character a little bit better and the history if this is the route they're going to go. Yeah, is that I that, to me that felt like there was a disconnect. Yeah, I, I felt that too. Um... Honestly, if we do get another show, preferably, I just want them to go back to animation. Um, but uh, if they do insist on a live action Ahsoka show, then yeah, you're. I think I think like I'm with you there. Like, I think I think they need to really study up on how they can improve upon this live action portrayal, and uh, you know perhaps kind of take another look at her headpiece and. You know the way that I guess Miss Dawson is doing doing a voice, uh, doing the voice, and do, just doing the in, in general, just the performance, just that it lines up a little better with, I guess, how we've seen the character before. Um, but yeah, the, it, it, I don't know what it is exactly. It's not like I can pinpoint it for sure. It's just in general, I just yeah, I felt a disconnect like between. Yeah, it felt like character. a different person. Yeah, yeah, I did, and unlike. Unlike Bo-Katan at all, which uh, unlike Bo-Katan at all, which uh, which of course we've we've seen in animation before, she felt identical, and yeah. and it's because Katie Sackhoff has played that character in animation. In her head, she kind of has this idea as to like what this character is like in live action. She's had to portray that through her voice. She then watches the show, sees how that comes out on animation. She's perfectly capable of like just putting on the costume being that person because she's inside like she's been that person right so so i think i think like and then her watching the show it's like looking in a mirror as to like how her voice has affected the character's movements and you know what they do and plus she wears a helmet so she's got a bit of an easier way of 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 like you know getting around the little minor things but um but yeah it's a it's a daunting task for sure uh I just think they need to be very careful about uh, how they move forward with that. But, um, yeah. So I, I guess um, we probably could wrap up soon. So I, I, I did want to ask uh, briefly. So do, do you think that uh, Grogu is going to get trained? Or are they going to say that he's been too tainted? I think he's going to get trained. Or, like, I don't know. It depend To me, it depends whether they want uh grogo mm -hmm. to be the focal point of the story or like the darks like 
it depends like what the main story arc they kind of want to do like i don't know how many seasons they're planning a mandalorian mm -hmm. uh because like i mean grogo i don't think we're gonna see the kind of development from grogo that we can see with the mandalorian right because grogo's it takes you know yeah, he, he just too slow. that's the yeah. thing so it's like if they find a master for him then he's probably just going to be like out of the that's show yeah. Or they'll have this new Jedi character that's going to be with Mandalorian everywhere he goes. Right, here's my theory. It might sound crazy, but after all what we've seen so far, maybe it's not. Um, so at the very end, uh, oh, by the way, the, the whole Western gunslinging fight in the alleyway on the other side of the fence from the samurai sword fight, <laughs> super cool. Like yeah, I love that. Yeah. I, mean, I, I thought that was like two iconic, like very Star Warsy things at the same time. Western samurai, right? Like yeah, it's yeah. pretty perfect. It's the perfect. one guy anyway. is like super greasy and yeah. has a blaster yeah. shotgun, which is now canon. It's been. I just had. I just had to yeah, throw that yeah, out yeah. there. I, I just had to throw that out there. But anyway, um, so do I think that the child is going to get trained? I think it's very likely that we're going to see something happen there, but. Um, but it's worth mentioning at the very end, uh, I don't know if you guys caught it, but uh, so far we haven't brought it up. She told Din Djarin and the child to go to uh, Tython. Yeah. Did you guys catch that? Yeah, she said to go so, there. Yeah, so Reed, did you did you end up playing any of the old Kodor games? Or, uh, nope. Or, no? Okay. So so Tython is like this this planet known to be kind of one of the first that hosted the Jedi Temple, or at least one of the main Jedi Temples. Um, and I think, was it in, uh, do you remember, Blake? What, which, which like, was it the only one or, or something at one point? Um, um, I don't recognize it from the KOTOR game, so it might be from the TOR MMO. I could be wrong, though. Oh, um, yeah, so uh, it's basically in like the, in the, I don't know, I think it was the, so in the deep core of space, I guess it says online. But anyway, so it was known as um, it's, it's definitely one of the first Jedi temples that have been out there. And uh, I believe it was um, I, I forget which game it came out. of. I, it's definitely from the Old Republic. It's been in that because I think that's where you start as your Jedi character when you make your Jedi character. But uh, in canon, like they haven't really done a whole lot with it at all. Um, but, uh, yeah, in the meantime, uh, it did show up in, in a couple books here and there and, uh, and the, the old Republic game itself. So, um, so yeah, it's really cool that they finally it looks like that it planet. showed up in the comics at some point as well. Just yeah. Yeah. In the comics too. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of history about Tython, but, uh, uh, also when the Jedi order was called the J E D a I I the Jedi. Yeah, order. so it was. Uh, I guess the first time we really would have seen it was the the Tor game, not Kotor, but Tor. Okay, right. which is why I didn't the, recognize it because <laughs> I never actually MMO. played the MMO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. So so she's told them to go there and and put uh, Grogu on the stone and see what he does and. And if if uh, if he chooses whatever path he chooses is gonna you know I, if he calls the Jedi or whatever from this place like he, she said a Jedi will come looking for him right so that could only be one of very few options now that we've already seen Ahsoka and she's not gonna train him that could either be Luke Skywalker it could either be Ezra Bridger uh, or um, it could be who else. 
Cal Kestis if he's still alive from Jedi Fallen Order. But that would be really cool. That would be super cool because that actor has played. He's he does live action. Like he plays the Joker character on Gotham series. But um, but yeah, that would be pretty sick. But then I then I would wonder how he's survived this whole time. We're gonna have to wait until we get the the two game sequels to Fallen Order to get that answer probably. Um, but uh, I don't know. That that's a possibility, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. Can you guys think of anyone else that would be alive? See, like, see, I think this is the most likely outcome: is that Luke Skywalker is going to show up, take this kid away, and his his fate is going to be just to die at the hands of Kylo Ren. Oh, <laughs> oh, please, no. no. Just goes from one Jedi to yeah. massacre to yeah. another. Yeah, you can't escape yeah. the second purge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. Either that, or he becomes a. A Knight of Ren. <laughs> It'll be the short one. Yeah, we just don't notice in all of like uh, Rise of Skywalker. There's just this little black shape in the back. The blob. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the yeah, little yeah. blob on the, like crawling around on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking about. I was like, okay, if Luke does come to collect the child, first of all, that's gonna be super cool because we're gonna, we're gonna see like probably the digital Luke Skywalker that they did for for the Rise of Skywalker flashback. And let's say recast. He looked really good in that in that CG face thing. Um, unless they recast, which would be a crying shame, seeing as they have that asset to use. But uh, and Mark Hamill still alive to do the voice, right? But uh, but yeah, I mean, if he shows up, I think that honestly is probably the most likely outcome uh, because there aren't any Jedi left, like. Unless they start bringing up all these new Jedi that we've never heard of before and start making stories for them, too. Well, that's basically what they've been doing so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, as far as the Soka storyline goes, it's been pieced together here and there. It's still getting built up. Because let's not forget, before all the Jedi were purged, uh, or like completely wiped out, uh, Yoda and Obi-Wan like reversed the recording or the coordinate thing to tell people to not go back to the temple. So... Right. There could be more. Yeah, yeah, there there could be more out there that definitely also survived maybe the Inquisitors uh, era as well. But uh, anyway, guys, thanks so much for coming back on the show, and uh, I guess we'll catch you next week. All right, thanks everybody for tuning into the show, and of course, it's always great to hear from you guys. Which uh, we've been we've been getting a little more email in lately, so thanks so much uh, to everyone. You know who you are for sending in uh, some mail to our email address at theescapepodoutlook.com. You can also follow the daily uh, tweets at uh, our Twitter, which is at SWEscapePodcast, also in the description below. And uh, it's just great to hear you guys' fan theories out there, like uh, listener listener theories, I guess. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got our own fan theories that, that we're kind of speculating on, of course, which uh, you get to listen to on a weekly basis. So, uh, you know, tune in next week for, for our next after show, which will take, uh, take care of episode six of season two. And if more of you guys have any questions, comments, or, or, or theories of any kind, we'd love to hear about them. So feel free to send them through. And uh, of course, if you want to listen, join our Discord profile, that's uh, got a link on our Twitter uh, profile page, or you can just Google it up and uh, hopefully find it. Uh, but we're on every single platform out there. So if you do have the ability to give us a five-star rating, that would be absolutely fantastic. And it's pretty much the only way to help this show out in any way whatsoever, other than recommending it to a friend, which would also be just fantastic. So, um, 
I mean, that's pretty much it for now. If you guys want to look up more of Ahsoka's story, you're welcome to, but uh, the first thing I recommend is to just watch Star Wars The Clone Wars. Other than that, we'll catch you next time on Star Wars Escape Pod. May the Force be with you. <laughs>